Welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the snare campaign provocateur, the Chris Knight to my Mitch Taylor. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? Oh, come on. A real <laughs> genius reference. Thank you. Thank you. And you see that that one did not go over my head. Right, exactly. Den- Denny texted me yesterday going, have you seen the film Real Genius? What did I write back? I am so happy you asked this question because I have not only seen it. It's one of the the top five 80s comedies, movie comedies out there. Everyone give it a shot. Did you love it? Popcorn oh, scene? Oh, my gosh. Oh, so good. So good. Come the, on. the 1985 Val Kilmer classic. He was real. Genius. He was firing on all cylinders in 85. He was you know he had the uh the gusto he had the looks everything about val was cooking you know what's going to be interesting denny what is what we're looking at tonight big ben big ben simmons coming to the bench here in philly i like it <laughs> oh yeah okay i like it we're gonna i get think there. it's we're a good idea you don't throw him out to the wolves yet you kind of let the wolves like nibble on his arm a little you know, like you put him out on the bench, you hear it, you let him get like some of the stuff off their chest. Yeah. OK. But you don't have to be. I, I kind of like this move. I kind of like this move. Putting Ben on the bench. That's uh, that that's coming up. We may bring back a oldie buddy goodie to talk about the NBA. So stay tuned for that. But what's up, dude? How you been this week? Hey, everything is fine. MRI on the knee mm. trying to get in game shape, but I can't complain. You know, with the state of the world these days, Denny, uh, unless you got a real calamity on your hands, it's it's distasteful to complain. You know, yeah. we turn on the news to to watch the America's game, you know, uh, with this battle between billionaires and millionaires. And I'm supposed to care when you're watching the things you watch, you know, really put things into perspective, doesn't it? You're talking about the baseball lockout, right? <laughs> The game. Of- <laughs> Wait, what's baseball? <laughs> gonna oh, be gone man. soon. No one's gonna care soon. Oh man! I mean, listen. It's yeah. you know what I think about when I think about stuff like that is when Ian Perkins and I were on a festival stage once. Yeah. And I I can't remember exactly the artist we were watching, but I think it might have been Diplo or like somebody like that. But a DJ, you know, just a just a person up there with a couple turntables. But you know, they had the lights. And the fire and the smoke and uh, people in hamster balls going through the crowd and stuff like that. And we're like, you know what? We just we can't compete. <laughs> what do we give? It's a different ball game we're playing here. So I think baseball is at that point where I think they have to consider themselves the uh, jazz music of <laughs> professional sports. Well, you know what segment always has the fire and the heat and the electricity? This day in jazz history. Let's get it. I don't have anything about jazz. I'm sorry. I'm afraid. But this is an interesting one because in 1972, Wings, Mm. you know, featuring uh, Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, and uh, what's his face from from the the Moody Blues? Uh, Denny Lane. Your boy. Your boy. Denny Lane. That's right. (laughs) Uh, you know, they released the song Give Ireland Back to the Irish, mm. listed at number 23 in the Melody Maker chart. An article in the same issue reports 
The song's been banned by the BBC as unsuitable for broadcasting. I didn't know uh, McCartney, you know, got in his post Beatles career, kept, uh, you know, poking the crown and things like that. Um, it, it's a miracle he got knighted, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the, the lyrics are very explicitly asking for the end of British rule in Northern Ireland. Give Ireland back to the Irish. Don't make them have to take it away. He has no ancestral ties, hmm. but apparently felt compelled to take up the cause. He explained in an interview, I'm British. I was brought up to be proud of things like the British Empire. I don't want my army going around shooting my Irish brothers. Hmm. And then in the same episode, uh, excuse me, same uh, uh, edition of the Melody Maker, there was a two-page article called Censored in capital letters that put a number of songs uh, that were banned by the BBC. Um, and, uh, and this was one of them. Oh. So how about that? Paul McCartney and wings going, going, uh, super political in a good way. I like it. Does he lead right from let me roll it into give Ireland back to the Irish? Cause honestly, like I can't think of two songs that are more synonymous with one country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, on this day in 1965, Benny, Tom Jones went number one oh. with It's Not Unusual. I was playing it before Love we Tom got Jones. on. Uh, written by Les Reed and Gordon Mills. The song was first offered to Sandy Shaw, but she turned it down because she was like, Tom, what are you doing? You sound great on this. Release it to the public. But why are we talking about a song from 1965 today? Well, because I think our generation most knows knows this song because of the Fresh Prince, Carlton, and Alfonso oh, Ribeiro sure. doing this thing. That song has made this, or that show and that moment on TV has made this song like a forever song. That's true. I mean, it was in the narrative even before that. Yeah. That brought it to the next generation. And perhaps let it skip some cultural boundaries it never would have previously. Uh, is there any mention of the song on the new Fresh Prince, the Bel Air? Oh, you've been watching? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm asking. <laughs> no, I'm asking. No, no, Has no. Tom Jones made an appearance there? I hear the new Carlton is unlikable so far. Well, I mean, I, I, I think for part of the original Fresh Prince, the original Carlton was unlikable, but then they kind of had that that a, a major a major pivot after season one to make him kind of like the mm. butt of, of the joke. It, that show after season one was very interesting because you get the new Aunt Viv and then you kind of get Carlton becoming right. like the jokester and they kind of made it more of a, a jokey kind of thing. Aunt Viv replaced. So in the original, I, I don't, I haven't gone back and yeah, you know, most of my Fresh Prince watching over the last 20 years is like, oh, here's two and a half minutes I'm catching <laughs> before a commercial. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I, I don't think I've ever watched Fresh Prince in order since it came out. Was Carlton super snooty and unlikable in the first first season? Like, he got to be more of, like, the character and the gesture that that we know, but it, it was certainly more of a, like, like, like snooty and stuck-up thing before we get mm -hmm. to the jokes, so... And the new Aunt Viv. That was a tough, tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Oh, man. I like the I liked old Aunt Viv. The episode where they're in like the mall and she's like gets like the recording and she just starts singing in the mall and brings everything down. That's a classic episode of television. It is. So. Put it in the Hall of Fame. <laughs>
Well, first headline today, we got a bunch of Hall of Famers, and I'm so happy you brought up Paul McCartney because maybe he, he will play this at Glastonbury. But a festival you know a little bit about, Benny, announced their lineup for the 2022 edition. That's right, Glastonbury is back and better than ever. The four-day English festival will be headlined by Billy Irish. Uh, Billy, I look at this. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slip. Billy Eilish, Kendrick Lamar, Paul McCartney, and Diana Ross. <laughs> Diana Ross on, on the festival scene. Come on. I'm all for it. But let's go down the poster. Outside of the headliners, who are you most excited by? Benny Horowitz. We got a lot of good stuff. I yeah. mean, we're in a, we're in alphabetical order here. I'm yeah. I'm all about the crowded house. That'd be nice to see. Mm -hmm. uh, Idols, be good to see. We got Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Jesus and Mary Chain, Leon Bridges, mm -hmm. Megan V. Stallion, Lord, Noel Gallagher. That's a fun show. Olivia Rodrigo, You're a Girl, Pet Shop Boys, Phoebe Bridgers. You know, my personal favorite, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss, mm -hmm. which should be a little higher. Wolf Alice is a great band. Turnstile made it. And who's this? TLC. <laughs> Don't Come go on. chasing waterfalls. This is honestly, it's a really good lineup this year. I'm pretty into it. Uh, it's like um, it's a well curated lineup, yeah. you know, like I think there's a lot of balance, uh, a lot for for generational stuff and nothing out of the Glastonbury mold of peace and progressiveness. You know, I'm, I'm stoked on it. It'll be a good one. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this Kendrick set because he's allegedly got a new album in the work. So maybe maybe that's the place he gets to debut some of that. But a, a artist on the list that I'm surprised that you didn't mention your Jewish Queens Heim out here playing uh, the big festival. Um, Yeah, I saw. A, is, is her actual name Alana yeah. in real life? Yeah. The youngest one. Yeah. She was on, I believe, was it Kimmel? One of those, or, probably. one of the late night shows, and man, she is charming. Mm. Goodness, she she charmed me right out of the TV. I was uh, I was ready to give her her own uh, late night talk show. She's fun, yeah. Um, and that movie, I love that movie. I think I'm a Heim fan. Awesome, they got some good songs. You know, sometimes when we get on here and I play some of their songs, we kind of just like vibe with it for. A second, but love that movie. Listen, you know what I say, Denny. Well, the more we Jewish, need the better. More Jewish representation <laughs> in the music business, exactly. please. Exactly. By the way, I don't know if she's going to make it onto the tune-up, considering the fact that she now works at at the employer, Phoebe Bridgers, and she's playing Asbury this summer. So who knows? We may see a little uh, Kyoto coming through the TU speakers <laughs> sometime soon. Do you think the Pet Shop Boys got bigger after uh, Talladega Nights? <laughs> I thought this like, is how does something like that actually make you bigger just because your name gets oh, talked about. It, might, it probably does. Listen, the like after Step Brothers, they legitimately do Catalina wine mixers here, so nothing yeah. with no, nothing yeah. with them. Listen, once I found out, I, I can't believe I played Glastonbury a couple times without knowing the history of the festival, and I only recently discovered the history of the festival, and I am. Mr. Pro Glastonbury now. Lay it out for those of us that don't know. Well, uh, so the the Clash song, mm -hmm. uh, White Riot, was based on an incident where, I don't know exactly what you would call them. I'm not going to use the word incorrectly, but people who were living in caravans and kind of... Uh, uh, driving around the English countryside, li living off the grid in those days. And there was an effort by police to clear them out 
of a certain area and it became very bloody and violent. And that is what the clash based the song white riot on. Subsequently, this caravan needed a place to stay and they were offered uh, safety on a giant farm by a person who uh, offered them a place to stay and lots of milk because it was a dairy farm. And it is the man who started Glastonbury Festival. He started the festival in order to cater to this crowd who showed up and uh, somehow make it legal, like like by doing a concert. And it was a super hippie, you know, amazing, beautiful thing this guy did. And he's still the guy who owns the farm. Hmm. Um, so that's why I like Glastonbury. I'm sure that's how Coachella started, too. You know, they had people driving around and <laughs> yeah. they ended up on a yeah. polo field. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, political refugees in the desert of California who needed a safe place to go and listen to Radiohead. Uh, do you want to get into our next headline, a tune-up wheelhouse story? <laughs> Please. All right. Musician Jack Harlow is set to make his acting debut in 20th Century's reboot of White Men Can't Jump. That's right. Um, the script was written and it will be directed by Kenyon Barris of uh, a blackish fame. This will be of interest to you, Benny. Uh, one of the executive producers on the thing, your boy Blake Griffin. Okay. So okay. Um, it's all coming together. Uh, they got Harlow in place, but they have not filled the Wesley Snipes role. Um, I hope my guy Marcus Johnson, or at least his son, gets in in this one. So um, <laughs> that'd be good. Who that'd would you good. like to play the Wesley Snipes role? Let's start there. Well, I, it's a tough one. You know, my instinct—you gotta—it's gotta be someone you know, young, but not too young. Because, you know, these characters are, you know, old school hustlers at this point. They're they're not like 18 year olds out on the court. So need someone with some seasoning, someone athletic, someone who can actually play a little basketball. So as I'm not a casting director and I don't know which people can, my first instinct would be like, can we slim like Michael B. Jordan down a little? That's what I was going to think, yeah. I mean, we got the name recognition right there. Obviously, like, a very physical guy. I have no idea if he can hoop. But, uh, you know, he's in that exact age range, too, that I'd be looking for, you know? Like like an early 30s kind of vibe. Um, which is, he? he's early 30s, right, at yeah, this point? Yeah, yeah, um, So that, that was what my first instinct was. Do you have any ideas on the table here? Because that's a big part of this. Yeah, I mean, they've got to be able to hoop, so I, like, immediately think to, uh, you know, the people that have been in, in the celebrity game and, and stuff like that, and people that are, like, known hoopers. Maybe if, if we're going to keep it with the musicians, Jack Harlow Quavo, White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> Well, this is where, all right, so what is this movie going to be leaning into? Yeah. You know, like, you have an opportunity here. You're already casting a rapper yeah. in the Billy Ho character, played by Woody Harrelson, who's an actor, yeah. like an actor-actor. You know what I mean? He's proved it as the years have went on that, like, he was, you know, a, a famous actor before this. He had a lot of reps under his belt. So I think if you're going to do Jack Harlow and you don't want this thing to just be like over the top fucking silly, you got to cast an actor in the yeah. Snipes category, you know, like you have to do it. If you're going Quavo, then we're in a totally different category of movie now where I'm I'm putting it from uh, potential of actually being good to nothing but ironic 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like where that would take me. And we didn't even talk about, you know, Rosie Perez is not a small part of no. the white man can't jump movie. She's almost like, you know, the, 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 the third important character in that movie. So the Rosie Perez character as well is, is crucial. But the one thing I'd like to remind you and me and myself whenever we're talking about this is we're talking about white men can't jump. Mm-hmm. Silly movie, fun movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like wasn't, uh, you know, uh, something that is, down in a certain type of cinematic hall of fame so let's have some fun with it and let let the people do a remake did you see though jack harlow balling in that celebrity game oh yeah 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 ah, yeah <laughs> yeah you liked it like he moved well yeah. i liked the way he was moving around seemed like he understood the spacing he's definitely played a lot of basketball funky looking shot though oh, wasn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a weird like short-armed kind of thing going on yeah you're gonna have to work on that for the for the film, because because that's not gonna play well on camera. I'm trying to think of actors that can hoop, and and I keep coming back to maybe they just fill it with a a player. Um, hey Ray Allen. Um, like maybe he's but got like, reps. He's got reps. Been... He could be like the old timer at the court, you know, helping out the new the new hustler. Let's see. Or or maybe we do. Hmm maybe we do like maybe it doesn't have to be a man what if we just put uh jack harlow and queen Queen latifah (laughs) i don't know i i don't think the queen's hitting the court that much these days no no i like the idea though we are in this that is a good maybe a um who who do you think is like the most charismatic wnba player who could fill in the snipes role uh, Liz Cambage is pretty out there. Hey, oh, oh, you know what this is going to be? I know exactly. Like, I see this. I read this. The moment I said Liz Cambage, my mind immediately goes to Drake because of the Toronto connection. This is going to be Drake and Jack Harlow. And it's going to make a billion dollars, but it's going to be a, like, a, like a sham of itself. You know what, though? Drake's funny. He's funny, but it's like, He's do we funny. want it to be funny? He's do funny. we want it to be that funny? I like him when he's on the SNL. <laughs> I do. I do. No, I don't know. You know, look, listen, I got two words for this as I do for all these things. Yeah. Low expectations. Yeah. You know, let's just have some fun. I, I didn't know who the fuck Jack Harlow was yeah. uh, until like six weeks ago. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the kid can do. Oh, all right. Well, we had a lot of basketball fun there, and, and we got more hoops coming up, but we got a slightly serious situation that happened this past week, um, and it involves Brittany Griner of the WNBA. So Brittany Griner is being detained in Russia after customs officials said they found uh, hash oil in her luggage at an airport near Moscow. Uh, the reports came out over the weekend via the New York Times. Apparently, she's been detained for close to a month and we haven't heard about it. So, like, a lot of different angles of the story, given uh, Russia's uh, what's happening with them in Ukraine right now, um, the U.S.-Russia relations. But I want to start here with this, Benny. How do we not hear about this for a month, that she's been detained in Russia while all of this is going on? I know. I think it's almost like... It's almost one of those things that's so serious. I think it got buried for some reason because it's so scary. You know what I mean? That it's like almost not fun. But yeah, I was, I was shocked when I heard about it. And that's what, 
uh, also made me think that you might have had a couple weeks there of like, maybe people didn't know what the fuck was going on or were out of communication. You know, it's not like uh, you you get arrested over there and you, within 24 hours you get your legal counsel and your one call. So, I, you know, my, your guess is as good as mine as to why we didn't hear about it quicker. I, I, I always find it strange after like a detainee story breaks and then only when these things are public, then do these politicians get in place. Yeah, of course. And like it's always got to be like, oh, this guy played football at Baylor and now he's a politician and he's going to help <laughs> Brittany Griner. It's like, no, you should right. want to help her because she's an American citizen and yeah, somebody of public note that's stuck over there. I mean, well, it also has to beg the question, like, how many American citizens are right. stuck over there right now? Yeah. There's got to be a lot and a lot of people who are in murky, murky situations because of it. Um, I do have to wonder if, you know, like, it's not like Brittany Griner isn't someone of note. I mean, she was a, a huge college player, pro player. Yeah. Uh, I think she has an Olympics oh. under her belt as well. A couple of gold medals, uh, and, you know, you, you got to ask if this wasn't a uh, queer woman of color. Also, is this getting like a different kind of attention? There's like, a, you know, I think you could so easily there are people who could be like, oh, like someone like that with the hash oil yeah. probably got themselves into trouble or something, which like, you know, if we're learning anything from the past couple of weeks, do we know there was hash oil? Right. You know what I mean? Like, do we know there was anything? They could say whatever the fuck they want. They're not going to, like, give us evidence or, you know. So I think it's a really alarming situation. Uh, and with the way things are going right now, I don't I don't know if we're going to see Brittany Kreiner anytime soon. I'm really afraid to say. Um, I, I don't see them being in a position right now of making any concessions and this is like a, a major American of note who apparently they have locked up on a legitimate charge. So it's it's scary. And I hope they're really aggressive about trying to get her out of there. Yeah. People that don't follow the W may be like, well, why the heck was she over there? Because in the offseason, yeah. uh, like the biggest players go over there and they back up the Brinks, Brinks truck for the women, right. which may be something we sh should consider doing here so that they don't have to put themselves in danger to, exactly. to make a living. So I don't know. It's Go. tough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is like one of the major superstars you have yeah. who's trying to supplement their income in, in Russia and, you know, yeah, it's, it's part and parcel to the issue for sure. It's crazy. So prayers up for Br Brittany Griner. Like you have a whole country behind you. We just hope that you get home safe. So, yeah. Benny, I feel like the only time we talk about the NFL is when it just gets batshit crazy. And it was a batshit <laughs> crazy week in the NFL. Uh, franchise tags were given to Devontae Adams, Chris Goodwin, uh, Dalton Schultz, Mike Williams, and Aaron Rodgers both agreed to massive extensions. Aaron Rodgers getting the $200 bag to stay with Green Bay. Another deal that popped up uh, yesterday the Seattle Seahawks trading Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. So a bunch of moving and shaking happening in the NFL. Uh, which one of these deals, Benny, do you think is going to have the biggest impact on next season? Ah, Russell Wilson for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who did it, but, you know, somebody decided to fuck with Aaron Rodgers about this. And like Aaron Rodgers has been making a big 
to do about him re-signing and the whole Green Bay kerfuffle. It's been like headline news for two years. He announces it and quickly within two hours, no one gave a shit because of the Russell Wilson trade. It seemed timed to, to fuck with Aaron Rodgers a little, which was funny. Um, I mean, from an actual football level, the Aaron Rodgers signing is probably the most significant because if he went to another team, that would have moved the needle the most. Yeah. So the fact that he stayed and it looks like Adams is going to stay is huge. And especially in the NFC, uh, Aaron Rodgers is slotted as easily the number one quarterback in the conference. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the, the most significant. But the, the biggest like uh, change implications got to be the Russell Wilson deal. I mean, I, I don't think the Broncos are quite in the position that – I don't, I don't necessarily think this is Matthew Stafford 2.0 where you're taking a completely like polished, good team who just needs that upgraded quarterback and then they're good to go, which is kind of the Rams situation. Broncos are good. They're, they're not that good. They're a little younger. Uh, I don't believe in their weapons like as much. So I think they got a whole hell of a lot better, especially considering who they've been throwing out there at quarterback for the last few years. Um and the Broncos are now like, you know, even though I'm not going to say like Super Bowl contenders right off, especially in the AFC, yeah. uh, they're a team to reckon with. They're right there and they got Russell Wilson. And then the reverse, I don't know what the Seahawks have. Like the Seahawks, you know, Pete Carroll is not exactly your uh, slow down or rebuild type, especially at his age. So I don't know exactly what we're going to see out of the Seahawks next year. And I do. I always, I always get the willies, the idea, like people spend generations looking for these, these franchise quarterbacks, you know, you literally, um, fans go literal generations without having one. It just happened to me. You know, I'm a Giants fan my entire life. Phil Sims retires in like the late eighties. And then it was just like nothing until Eli Manning. And he's pretty good good enough to get it done for a while he's gone and then nothing again <laughs> you know like it just it's so hard to get one of these guys that russell wilson at his age i know there was a lot of issues there but it always gives me the willies the idea of figuring it out and then i think it forced the hand of a lot of these other teams that's why you're seeing i think the the commanders I'm just going to go ahead and keep calling him the Washington awesome. football yeah, it's team. Classy. Yeah, I'd say the WFT, you know, that kind of forced their hand with, uh, you know, going out and making that deal for Wentz, which I don't know if that moves the needle at all. Yeah. Um, I think Carson Wentz comes in and is maybe the second best quarterback in the NFC East. I might even put Daniel Jones ahead of him. Mm, so, I don't know about that. So I'm not sure there. <laughs> Speaking of which, Hearing Mitch Trubisky coming to the Giants, which I love. I want that. You I know want it's that? Ridiculous. I do want that. I think, listen, Mitch Trubisky never had a chance. And if you look at his numbers, they were promising coming off the season before last. You put him in a bad, maybe, maybe. But at least what it does is forces the needle of Daniel Jones one way or the other, because this is the year that the Giants need to decide. Uh, if if uh, if they want to keep Daniel Jones or not, but 
think those are the biggest stories. But then, of course, the Calvin Ridley story. I yeah, mean, he's yeah. probably the most talented player to to go out. And, uh, you know, we're getting our first pariah for the, you know, new <laughs> phone betting uh, world we live in. He, you know, he made like a fucking 18 parlay, like a totally unwinnable, non-sharky bet. Uh, guy's clearly not like a shark at all, but he's the first one who's dumb enough to use his own phone and get caught and they had to make an example out of him. So, uh, you know, that's a huge implication. Um, and Falcons were already bad. The NFC was already bad and, and made that, that, that division worse. Yeah. I'm so happy that you brought up the Ridley thing because how on earth do you move a team to Vegas like get in bed with all of these gambling associations and then like oh when our players do it it is more of the hypocrisy that that people hate about the NFL but honestly doesn't seem to be deterring people from like paying for shirts going to games and all that stuff so the NFL is always going to be hypocritical and this is just the latest thing with it yeah yeah and another like indication of just like kind of this is it's I don't want to say it's gotten too easy because I think it should be available for the people who want it and things like that. But, you know, back in the day, if Calvin Ridley wanted to go make a bet, he would have to go to the bad side of town. He would have to find a bookie. He would have to do numbers. He would have to call the shady number, talk in code language, like the whole thing. It's like buying drugs, you know, when you used to have to gamble. So, you know, this is the first person, but like, uh, what was to stop Calvin Ridley from being right next to his best friend? Yeah. Just being like, yeah, let me hit your DraftKings. Like, like, you know, it's so easy to get around this that sure. We've learned that there's, um, there's checks in place for someone who's blasting this on their own accounts on their own phone. Great. You know, like, I don't think it took a super sleuth to figure that one out, but there's going to be a lot of avenues for people to uh, to 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 do this. You know, if you can catfish somebody, you can <laughs> sure make a fucking bet. You know, I love you going with the Well, just don't get caught. Take on this. Listen, I love it. I, I, love mean, it. I, I, I mean, there's always a part of this, right? There's yeah. a there's always the fear. It's like just behind sports, like everywhere, you know something's probably going on all the time. And I, you just try not to think about it so you can keep this childhood purity we have on the thing, you know? Yeah. All right, a little hoops before we get out of here. And we're bringing back an oldie but a goodie. Benny, it is time for NBA headliners and openers. Festival season is upon us and NBA playoffs are heating up. We have our NBA headliners, the people that you pay all the money to see, and then the people that are kind of opening up for them. So um, I, I, by virtue of this, I guess I picked all Eastern Conference teams. So, Benny, do you want to sure start did. out West with your openers? So we're going openers in the West. Yeah. All right. My openers in the West right now, and you'd be crazy to want to see this team, is the L.A. Clippers. Yeah. This is a funky little team, aren't they? Not, I wouldn't say little, but they're they're well coached. They know what they want to do. They got uh, Reggie Jackson in this like really really comfortable place in his career where he's super confident, knows he has the uh, you know the backing of everyone. They're they're sitting in the eighth spot right now. That's probably what they're going to be. I don't see them jumping out of that, but. 
they're going to be a tough out if uh, if we're throwing Paul George or Kawhi Leonard into the mix of this already like kind of kind of frisky team is giving people a lot more problems than I thought they would. You know who I love over there? Cool. That Hartenstein. Mm. That kid can play. He's some weird like I'm not going to say he's Jokic. He's like a diet. You know, like like a good passer, nice awareness. He's around the court, like a kind of purdle type, maybe. So um, I don't know. I like the Clippers there as an opener. I love the fact that they are what are they like six games above the Lakers right now? Um, when it comes yeah, five to- five and a half yeah. games above the Lakers, four in the loss column. Uh, you know, almost two points better in a differential, but most importantly, Clippers are seven three over their last ten, and the Lakers are two and eight over their last ten. So, so if you had to classify the Lakers, are, are are the Lakers just didn't get the invite to the festival? They're not even a like opener. They're just like in the parking lot trying to scalp tickets. Yeah, Lake. You know what the Lakers are right now? They're like like uh, that old great band. Who like you think is playing, but you're like, oh, I think their bass player died or something, and they like replacing him. You know, like it's like it's like one of those fragmented old superstar bands. But they're probably going to be at the festival next year headlining. But this year, just like something something went awry. One of them had hip surgery or something. The Lakers are most likely to try to take their music off of Spotify because something Joe Rogan said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely their wheelhouse. All uh, right, who's your first opener? Uh, my Our- first opener, I'm going to take it back to the Eastern Conference, shall we? And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to your wheelhouse a little bit. I'm going to talk about these Nets. Granted, they went one and two this week, um, but they went up against uh, Miami and Boston. Um, but you, you've got to love what you've been seeing from Kevin Durant. Um, he's showed signs of his old flashes uh, while averaging 27.3, uh, six assists, shoot, uh, shooting 51% from three. Uh, Kyrie also showed some some good stuff, uh, especially against Charlotte. That game was crazy. Um, Bruce Brown had a, a great week putting up uh, uh, 17 points per game. So uh, got to love, you know, the Nets, are they're, they're starting to kind of be part of the conversation. Would love to find more consistency. But if, if you're talking about an, an opener, you know, they may have been the headliner and all of that stuff, but it's like the, like a few of them started a, a new band and they're kind of rising up again this season. Yeah, and I mean, and they're in a the classic position, right, where, you know, more than likely at this point, the Nets are probably going to finish in the seven or eight seed, mm. um, you know, and, you know, more than likely, unless they go on a tear or a complete bust. And does any one of these, like... You know, Heat, Bucks, Sixers, Bulls want to see, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant for for four of these games. Like, nah, I mean, it's going to be tough, you know. Um, so even though I don't I, I think for now, until we see some remarkable something out of Ben Simmons or some remarkable covid you know, vaccination protocols being changed, you know, I think we got to take the nets out of winning a championship mode as of now but i do like him to be frisky down there so help me god if if, if if we have to deal with bucks nets in the first round i'm just gonna quit the podcast i can't do it again i can't do, can't do it i can't, can't do take it. the half a toe last it's gonna year, be a half a toe was, that's all man, anyone's gonna talk about i spent two and a half weeks on this podcast biting <laughs> my tongue playing down expectations because i was convinced the season was gonna be over I can't yeah. do it again. Not in May. I can't do it in May. Maybe June or July, but not May. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, who's your other opener? My other opener, you know, it took a little bit of a dive this week because uh, Brandon Ingram is going to be out probably for, you know, at least a couple of weeks, maybe the remainder of the season. But I think the Pelicans did something in the last couple of weeks. I think they, they, they showed enough that this is a legitimate team that if you gave this team a whole season with their complement of Zion Williamson, you know, I'm not talking, oh, championship contenders, but they're good. They're a good team. Valanciunas is a real center. Ingram is a reliable, good scorer. McCollum is a, a a reliable, good playmaker. They they got a sneaky, sneaky pick in Herb Jones, who, you know, is looking like could turn it. You know, he's a proper defender now. Hopefully he can, you know, start hitting a, a three ball. You know, you have a Hayes is a promising young player. And, you know, I think what they did in the last month was – show uh zion and kind of show the nba that this this isn't this team's not a total wash and uh they, they should be uh worth taking seriously going into next season benny you're getting fooled by somebody trying to save their job in david griffin i think that this is entirely <laughs> yeah, smoke maybe, and mirrors maybe. operation they have good players but if like I don't think that this is going to be a team that's going to be able to compete for like a top five seed at, at any point as currently constructed um, because, you know, everything, all of their like vertical mobility in the standings is dependent on Zion. And man, we just don't know with this guy. So will they be near the bottom kind of where we always expect like the Grizzlies to be in like the past decade or so? Sure. But like, I don't think you see any any reason why they will be able to be near the upper end of the playoff race. You don't think Zion gets hyped up knocking the Lakers out of the play in tournament? No, I think he gets hyped up by a bag of Doritos these days. Did you see what they did to him? Oh, Danny. Low hanging fruit. Did you no, did you see what they did to him during the Mardi Gras stuff? No. They had a like like a float of him with like fat rolls and everything and it's like come on like this isn't fair that's not tasteful so that's not tasteful so hey listen the last report about his foot was optimistic (laughs) and you know they probably did like like a float for anthony davis this is why you can't keep players just like until guys stop demanding trades out of your cities just don't include them okay just be nice to them it doesn't take much Anyway. All right, so you, so you don't like my opener. Get him <laughs> off the show. My other opener, I'm keeping it in the East. I'm going with the Celtics. And they've just, they've just, they're just the men, like, they got a song on the radio or blown up on, on TikTok, and they are rising up. Um, this week, they won all three of their games to make it 17 of their last 20 games. Um, Tatum absolutely dropping buckets. He went for 37, 54, and 44 points, respectively, going up against the Grizzlies, Nets, and the Hornets. Uh, Jalen Brown came back from an ankle issue and he was at averaging 18 points this week so uh yeah nice stuff from from the celtics they're, they're gonna be a tough out ime has got them playing in in the right direction it was a question whether brown and tatum could make this work together and i know it's only march but it's looking good i mean i think my only contest here on your opener is the fact that i don't think they're an opener yeah that's true <laughs> and i think the celtics are a headliner at this point i mean we're talking uh, the best point differential in the East, mm-hmm. uh, second best, second best defense in the East, and uh, I have a feeling they're gonna be the the best defense in the East after uh, 
uh, Cleveland plays a couple more games without Jared Allen. Um, you know, and and they're only uh, uh, four games back from the number one seed. So I think this is like arguably the hottest team in basketball um, with still sitting in a position to, to go in first. Tatum looks like he made that jump. You know, uh, somewhere between like middle of last year to now, he's he's uh, making the right passes, choosing his spots, being aggressive when he has to in a different kind of way. Like uh, he's really starting to look like a superstar out there. So I think, uh, yeah, I think Boston's great, but but I think they're I think they're 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 getting close to selling out the arena right now. <laughs> it's been super interesting with uh, a, a couple of, of these younger guys uh, who were able to use the bubble as kind of a springboard. Maybe they weren't the best player in, in the bubble, like like uh, Anthony Davis or uh, LeBron, but these guys like Giannis and like Tatum that, that took that time of like nothing but basketball and have catapulted from that. I think it's been absolutely amazing to see. Yeah, for sure. Because I think the bubble was like the first time like like Tatum was like the big shot guy because I like remember that that like one series where he was that against the Nets right where he yeah he had a yeah he had a couple big series yeah. there yeah so, yeah so yeah Celtics probably not a opener but uh, the East is just so loaded that you know maybe they're a little bit further down the the poster it's getting good all right who's your who are your headliners let's start with your first one. All right, first headliner is an obvious one, but I want to keep him there because it's like it's like right now telling the Beatles, "Hey, you're still <laughs> you're still good. You're still the Beatles." I think we're forgetting how good the Phoenix Suns are right mm. now, and I, this is like the best team in basketball by a fairly big margin at this point. I mean, Miami is the first team in the East, and the Suns are. Uh, 10 ahead of them in the loss column, uh, nine ahead of the second place Grizzlies in the loss column in the West. Um, and I think most impressively, we've been seeing them stay consistent with, with Chris Paul being hurt, uh, even surviving games with Chris Paul and Devin Booker being out. I mean, they're tossing out uh, campaign, Landry Shamit, a lot of Aaron Holiday, uh, Cam Johnson put up nearly 40 points, uh, you know, in that win recently. So, I think Phoenix is um, showing that next level of uh, acumen, which is this is more than a Chris Paul-driven team. Like he might have oiled this boat to to get them to the point they're at. He might have a big part in that, but they're getting to the point where they can survive in spells without him. They're certainly not going to survive playoff series without him. So I think uh, the Phoenix Suns had a chance to get brought back down to life the last few weeks and they just remained the best team in the NBA. The Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul are doing exactly what LeBron thought he was going to be doing with the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. You kind of mentor the young guy and then he kind of takes o- over the mantle. And this Yeah, but you know what LeBron would have never done? Trade everybody. He never would have done that Oklahoma City season. Yeah, yeah, that's you true. And, and that is like what... That's where you got to give Chris Paul all the credit in the world. I mean, that guy really transformed his physical situation and played for an absolute dumpster team for a season and proved to everybody that he was still an absolute superstar. Like, so 
I, I don't know if we are. That's the type of season LeBron probably would have had a fake injury. We talk about all tour teams and, and all NBA guys. Chris Paul is an all tour guy. I mean, he, yeah. heck, he'd go back to doing like the van stuff. That's, that's yeah. Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, all right. My headliner this week. Last week, I, I, I was skeptical, but I saw enough from my Milwaukee Bucks this week to be like, you know what? We're back to headliners and back to being. Uh, have championship potential. The Bucks won all four games this week, making it up to six in a row, beating the Suns that we just talked about in a game where they didn't have Booker or Chris Paul. But hey, that was still a tightly contested game, which is why I have confidence in the rest of the Suns. What what you saw there from the uh, without their two guys m- making that a game to come down to the last few possessions, impressive. But uh, Giannis is back in the thick of the M- MVP conversation, averaging almost 34 points a game. Uh, Chris Middleton's starting to get it going. You know, I've been talking the last few weeks about how Chris Middleton's been shaky. Well, he showed up against the Suns, and he looks to be back in, in the winning ways. The, and the three-man uh, play that the Bucks live on, with Drew, Chris, and Giannis uh, that we saw in the playoffs where it, it, it either becomes a low post decision for Giannis or he can kick it out to Chris or Drew drives. They've been living and feasting off of that, and that's back as you know the weather starts to get warmer in M- Milwaukee. So the Bucks very much a headliner once again. And, you know, I mean, you, you talk about that. Like, that that's that's there's no other big three in the East. Mm. You know, this is it. This is the only team that has, like, Three guys, three guy guys, guys you can go to in the playoffs like anytime you need them. No one else in the East still has that despite, you know, despite all the other good teams. So you got to give the Bucks an edge there in, in a lot of playoff series because of that, simply. Plus, Brooke has been playing with the Wisconsin Herd on five on five. Full yeah, Bach is so. looking sprightly. Yeah. He's enjoying uh He's enjoying curds and beer, <laughs> you know, whatever happens when you get. What do you thick. get in like your. Like you moved to Milwaukee for the first time. Yeah. What what's like the four or five things that are in your gift basket? Oh, okay. Well, first you gotta get your brats, um, <laughs> your lineys, summer shandies. I know a lot of people would go PBR, but I'm like, come on, I think we can be adults here. Uh, <laughs> and uh yeah, man, curds and uh and and maybe a little, little book on Harley Davidsons or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, who's your headliner? All right, my other headliner is a new headliner. Mm. Someone who's been slipping up and deserves their due at this point, which is the Denver Nugs. Ooh, love it. And at this point, whatever it's it's like Nikola Jokic time. We're we're getting into like Dave Grohl territory, you know? It's like just whatever project he does whenever he's on stage, that everything's going to be fine. I mean, he's getting to the point, right? Where like does it matter who's out there with him? No. Not really. Yeah. And, you know, we're hearing, like, Porter's getting a little healthy. We're hearing Jamal Murray will will definitely make his way back by the end of the season. So, uh, you know, I love what the Nuggets are doing over there. They're 9-1 and one over their last 10. Um, what did Jokic score? 30 in the fourth quarter in overtime the other night? Um, right up there in the MVP conversation. I say he's not playing with anyone, but they're getting – you know, good solid minutes out of Monte Morris. Aaron Gordon is playing a good uh, defensive role on that team, even though he's not really putting up much on the offensive end. So, a couple complimentary pieces, but I think with the with the way the West is shaking out, you know, Dallas took a bad loss last night. Utah's always a little shaky. Uh, you know, we're we're waiting for Draymond to come back with Golden State. 
you know, I don't think anyone's catching Denver in the back end. So I could see them slipping up into the four seed and, and really giving some problems get, going ahead. Yeah, you know, the tough thing I, I think about Denver, and we've talked about Utah having this problem as well, is like I, I feel like when it just comes to talking about what the like the Jokic era and the Mike Malone era is going to look like when it comes to history, they, they just got caught up in a log jam here. You know, you had like the Warriors thing, if this Suns thing can happen. So I just think... Yeah, they're great, but I think they're going to be kind of like those like great Clippers teams or, or great Rockets teams where you just don't have enough to get to the finals. If they're able to get to the finals, then that becomes a whole entirely different conversation. I mean, if you're looking at this roster, though, complete, then a lot of it makes a lot more sense. You know, when you have Monte Morris playing 25 minutes between the two and backup point, when you have Will Barton playing only 20 minutes, when you have... Michael Porter, who's like six foot ten, six foot eleven, sitting out on the the wing, who can actually shoot, you know, like all of a sudden your Jamichael Greens and Jeff Greens and Bones Highlands become, you know, the actual deep bench players they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the hope for Denver is like I think they're hamstrung right now into their own prospects. You know, mm. they they have Murray and they have Porter locked up for a long time along with Jokic and they committed to this group and um, you know, they just got to pray this group can get healthy together. My last headliner, last headliner, my last headliner today is the Philadelphia 76ers went two and one this week, but remain. Oh my gosh, here we go. They remain undefeated with James Harden uh, who sat out, you know, uh, uh, South beats got the better James Harden. That's right. Surprise, he got surprise. one. He's already uh, got his one. Got the hamstring. Um, but uh, I like the Philly fans. Finally, at least had to go. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. There's a little taste. <laughs> but Embiid uh, continues to put up uh, an MVP season. Uh, 29 points, 12.7 rebounds in, in three games. Uh, my guy Tyrese Maxey crushing it. Um, a vital third score for them. So yeah. it's looking good. The three-point shooting is continuing to look looking good, especially for Maxi, who this past week was shooting close to 60%. So if they can continue to get stuff like that from him, have a third option, uh, it's going to make up for the loss of, of Curry, and uh, I think it puts them in prime position. Yeah, did, Tyrus, did Tyrese Maxi in the last two weeks make – Tobias Harris, the highest paid fourth guy on any team in the league. <laughs> That's true. I think he did because it's not Tobias Harris is definitely not the third best player on that team oh. anymore. That's a fact. That's, um, I, I hate to back you up here. You know, I watch the Sixers now with like a visceral distaste, <laughs> which is fun. I think it's good. I think this is good for basketball. Like people care about this game tonight and they should like you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two Hall of Fame players going into the Lions' den against uh, Embiid and Harden, two Hall of Fame players, with Ben Simmons sitting on the bench with playoff implications, you know, future finals implications. Like Philly versus New York has like never mattered in my lifetime, not not for real and not for an extended period of time. So the fact that uh, a guy like me who can, I got a pretty level head about sports these days. You know, I don't really let it upset me. <laughs> I watch the Sixers play anyone and I am rooting against them. They have become the heel and this is good for the league. I'm excited for tonight. 
I love how James Harden is your LeBron now. <laughs> like yeah. he does, yeah. does, does anything, and you're just like, oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> Listen, there is there is a couple months there where I thought James Harden was fantastic, but two months, <laughs> two months, I like James Harden. And that that was it. You know, I the, here's the thing. You could go back to the tape, I think, even for us. I, I've been a James Harden apologist for a long time. I didn't get mad at James Harden like everybody else did those years when he was just shooting 25 free throws a game and and kind of completely, you know, defacing the style of, uh, of the game we all love. I was like, you know, this guy's smart. He plays within the context of the rules and no one can stop him. Like, you want to stop James Harden from scoring? Go ahead. Give it a try. So... I, I always supported James Harden. I think now, yeah, you find yourself in a wild position as a fan where tonight I'll be rooting for Kyrie Irving over James Harden. <laughs> Am I rooting for the better man? I don't know. Probably not. But this is fandom, isn't it? I thought you were going to show up to the pod today with your like black Nets hat, black hoodie, black sunglasses, and, and be like, you know, it's like the scorned lover that keeps wondering why you're not coming back. Yeah. Going all full Kyrie on it, but listen, here's when you're gonna see me get hot about the Nets, okay? When Ben Simmons comes back, yeah, when the three of them are on the court together, and when in the fourth quarter of said game, somebody fouls Ben Simmons and he coolly goes to the line and hits two, that's when I'm coming on the tune up with all my Nets gear on. But until that happens. I the jury's out. I would love for us to get a twenty-five million dollar check from Spotify tomorrow, but some things just aren't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, never say never, Denny. That's true. Gotta Dreams manifest. never die, baby. Gotta, Dreams never die. <laughs> gotta manifest it. All right. Plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at the tuneup podcast at gmail.com. Two P's in there. If you want to follow us on all the social platforms, we are at the tuneup HQ on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you want to follow the big man, he is at Benny Horowitz1 on Twitter, by the way. Number one in your mind, number one in your heart, number one on Twitter. I am at Danny underscore Gallagher. Benny, you got anything else? Yeah, catch me on my TikTok. I'll be dancing at 8 o'clock tonight with a bare ass. Uh, <laughs> the channel's called Uncle Morty's Hairy Bum. Los Angeles, you've been great. South by Southwest coming up next week. The show is ending. Go in peace. You've been listening to The Tune-Up.